Here's Johnny. Welcome, guys, to another edition of The Buzzed. I'm EJ Gullet here with my very good friend, Mr. Jay Kington. Hello, hello. Uh, Jay, how's your week been? Hectic. Hectic. Yet boring why is at that? the same time. It's weird. That's weird. I don't understand why how you could have two opposite things going on at the same time, but hey, man. Bored with work, but outside life's been hectic. <laughs> well, I know you're. Vi- I know you're very busy with all your other sh- endeavors you have going on. Um, if you want to give us a, a shameless plug here, feel- oh, you want the shameless plug, dude? All right. Well, check out the Inter Miami podcast to recover everything related to David Beckham's MLS expansion team, Inter Miami CF, kicking off inaugural home opener March first. Or sorry, March fourteenth for the for the home opener. The first game is March 1st. We're actually traveling to Tampa this weekend to see the first uh, open scrimmage match against the Philadelphia Union. Oh, very cool. What do you guys are you guys getting free tickets from this and are like just, you know, getting to go to the games? Are you guys just as fans going? Uh, well, we're getting free tickets because <laughs> this, this weekend game's free tickets for everybody. Oh, that's uh, cool. <laughs> but uh, we have season tickets to, uh, to the uh, actual MLS matches. That's awesome. I, I imagine that they're actually like decently priced to be able to go to a, a MLS game here in the uh, states. I mean, you buy, you know, the, it's it's seventeen home games you're buying, so you buy those all at once. It's still fairly pricey. Well, better than the NFL, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure the if they actually are really good and start winning, tickets will probably go up. But uh, you know. We're, we're locked in for this first year, so it's good. And the stadium's like seven minutes from my house, if that. So not far at all. That's perfect, man. Well, I've listened to the podcast. I enjoy it. You guys would too. Inner Miami podcast. It's a it's a fun listen. If you're if you're big fans of soccer. Thanks, bud. Of course. Um, well, Jay, <laughs> starting off tonight, we are talking about uh, one of my favorite movies uh, that I've watched recently. Um, Ready or not. Yeah, this is uh, this is a fun one to say the least. If you know what you're getting yourself into, you know, I think it's probably best to come with a little knowledge so you, you know, you know what you're signing up for. Um, not your traditional horror movie. No, it's definitely a black comedy, uh, and it's definitely uh, leans more into the comedy than it does like a super scary horror. But it plays out like a fun game of uh clue gone wrong almost yeah dude ah. that's so funny because i was gonna like literally reference clue and i didn't like in in, in some of the notes but that, that, that's great that you kind of picked up on that too clue before the murder happens you're witnessing the murder happen and yeah, now that yeah, you're not yeah. but it's got but I, like I, old school kind of like i don't know what is that like 19 1930s kind of feel like to the house and everything and, and yeah all the, the well, fun tools they get to use. I want to want to start off with my my facts that I learned, but I had to with this one because it's been stuck in my head. You know what I learned about this house? Um, it was the same house that they filmed Billy Madison in. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, is that not great? That is awesome. That is it's awesome. A, and also, it's I think it was yesterday. It was like the 25th anniversary of Billy Madison. This is what I get for working in the entertainment industry. Yes, I know. That, was, yep, that's what you get. 
Um, but yeah, uh, great movie. We'll start out with our normal uh, spiel. Jay, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking some Chardonnay. Oh, wow. Classy. Very classy. I am a classy. I'm wearing a monocle as, as well. <laughs> it's really getting into the theme. Well, then I just shaved my beard and I got a straight up mustache going because I'm drinking a Peroni tonight. I'm going straight Italian. Yeah, you got to rock that beard sometimes, man. I know. Uh, and I've got a little uh, a little of the Schweed tonight. It's a it's a Wednesday night. It's a school night. We're keeping it kind of chill tonight and having a good time, though. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> and Jay, what are you watching right now? Oh, so uh, started watching The Outsider. Was waiting to have several episodes come out so we can binge those. And that lasted about one night. And we binged <laughs> four, then watched the fifth one, and then caught the uh, the most recent one. Very, very good. I love basically anything Stephen King. Um, it's really interesting if you're into that kind of world. I really do want to check out Lock and Key, which was actually yep. a new show on, uh, on Netflix that was... Uh, written by Stephen King's son, who went by a different name, so people did not uh, know that he was Stephen King's son. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were, you know, he didn't want to, have to deal with the expectations or anything. But look forward to watching that. Uh, outside of that, uh, been been still watching Project Blue Book. They did cover the Kelly Hopkinsville incident on this last episode, which was kind of fun to watch, but then kind of sad to watch because anytime <laughs> anyone on tv references kentucky they always cast us in the worst light so um oh you, you mean know, like the cousin fucking light yeah just like the super stupid <laughs> hillbillies yeah yeah great great <laughs> representation uh then i stumbled across this weird show on netflix i'm like four <laughs> episodes deep it's called october faction it's huh. um it's interesting it's kind of like low budget uh i would say not super low budget um but it's basically like this mom and dad and they're like dealing with like their two children who are in high school and the mom and dad are like kind of like monster hunters like vampires and other monsters and stuff and the kids are starting to have like premonitions or see dead people and but they don't know like what their family history is the mom and dad keep it uh you know pretty pretty secretive it's it's a nice little mix of like action some horror-esque um scenes and also some comedy so it's, it's a nice little little watch i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure how i feel about it yet i keep watching it oh all right i'll have to check you says on netflix right yeah october faction i'll have to check it out i mean i'm definitely doing lock and key next that's my that's my next uh uh, check out so i think there's one other one point, we have to talk about that one was yeah we definitely will there was something else we were watching before we started well there's something else we finished before we started watching the outsider but i honestly can't remember what it was i was watching the serial killer tapes which is about uh henry Lee lucas which is is, is kind of cool but i there's something else i was watching i can't remember but it was pretty good if it comes to my mind i will uh i'll inform you Okay, definitely let me know. We'll stay tuned to that one. Uh, me, I am watching right – well, I just finished the other day. Uh, I had to do it before the Oscars. Um, I finished Parasite. Uh, I watched Parasite, and it was – it lived up to the hype. It was amazing. Uh, I can't wait for you to watch it so we can discuss it because it's definitely one I want to cover on this show. Uh, it is fantastic. Well, we can do it. 
Uh, we're going to have to. Uh, also watching The Outsider, which I'm glad we can finally discuss on the side here. Uh, and then if you haven't watched it yet, Jay, and anyone else listening, McMillions, holy shit. I heard it's really good. I've watched like part of it, but I was like, no, nah, I got to start from the beginning. Like I just kind of came across it. And then I realized it was a series, but yeah, no, yeah. it looks, looks interesting. Yeah. It's a little six part, uh, documentary series. So they just did, it's, it's coming out weekly. So I'm sure you'll wait another few weeks until you can binge it. But, um, you know, it's, it's really good. It feels like you're watching like an Adam McKay, Steven Soderbergh movie. Um, it almost feels like you're watching like, uh, like a heist movie in a way. It, it's cool. Yeah. To um, Avenue five still watching, not that into it. I like it. Uh, I heard I it was good. I don't know. It looked weird to me, but I heard it was good. So I figured I'll give it a try. You'll like it. It's it, like, I think it needs to pick up steam. I want to give it its chance to pick up steam and it's, it's definitely still funny. Um, but it, it just needs to like, I haven't watched since episode three. I think they're on episode five now, like where I stopped at, I was like, all right, I'm going to pick this back up, but I'm going to like do the same thing you do, like let it kind of build up and then I can binge mm. a few episodes. They're only 30 minutes. Uh, and then the one on our list right now that we're going to be talking about very soon, Dracula on Netflix. I've got another two episodes to finish there. So yeah, finish that pretty good. I also want to watch a show called mythic quest. It's, um, huh. it's on Apple TV, but it's, it's with like some of the guys from it's always sunny. And they're like a uh, like phone uh, app yes. or video game app. Like I thought it was honestly just like a parody for like a, an, a, an iPhone app or something. But it's actually a real show. I heard it's pretty good though. Apple TV's taking some real interesting risks right now with their content that they're picking because I still have not picked up Apple TV yet. That's the one um, like streaming service out there that I haven't like chosen to pick up on. But I want to check out some of their content. And uh, do you like? Are you watching anything else on there, or have you? Uh, I I think Chloe is on Apple TV. I I don't. I would probably just find another way to watch it. Yeah, wink, true. wink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Call me Blackbeard. <laughs> sponsor us, Apple. Sponsor us. <laughs> Give us that free subscription. Please. Uh, <laughs> we are here tonight to talk about the uh, 2019 film Ready or Not. Um, it's a film that only costs six million dollars to make. It's pretty easy whenever you have one location you're filming in. Yeah, I wish I had six million dollars to make a movie. <laughs> yeah, honestly, looking into who made this movie and and how they made it, uh, it's it's a pretty like unknown group of people that did um, that directed this and wrote it, uh, and then you know who put this out, Foxlight Searchlight Pictures, R.I.P. Now known as Searchlight Pictures since it's Disney owned, um, but Fox Searchlight. Oh. I don't mean to interrupt you, but it just popped in my mind. Pandemic is what we were watching as well. Did uh, I mention that on the last episode? You did mention that on the last episode. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> Pandemic I need to watch too. Maybe they'll do an update for the coronavirus. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it only cost $6 million to make. It was uh, $28.7 million U.S. gross and about $56 million worldwide gross which is really great for that budget Dude, um, and that, it was those, i'll take that investment all day oh yeah man i mean i remember hearing about this movie last year and i, I just i don't know why i didn't check it out um i think i just got too busy but like i heard so many good things i remember i think it boasted like a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah um, it, had it was one of those that, that definitely like looked exciting kind of um like i i, I still haven't seen knives out and i really want to see knives out like, um, kind of like one of those like family yeah. kind of crime dramas i honestly I, I thought it was like margot robbie when i first saw like the trailer come out i didn't realize um you know how 
similar similar weaving kind of look to to margot robbie and i believe she's also australian so kind of yeah kind of very weird. true she's also hugo weaving's daughter and if you don't know who that is agent oh, wow. smith yeah agent smith from the matrix man i guess it was inevitable that his children grow up <laughs> outside of the matrix or i'm a dad so that's a dad joke for you <laughs> Uh, I looked into, I mean, we both did, looked into who directed this. Relatively unknown. However, they directed uh, a movie that you and I both love near mm-hmm. near our heart. Matt Bettinelli, Oplin, and Tyler Gillett. Uh, they both uh, directed and acted into in VHS, which, if you haven't seen, is a great little anthology movie with like eight different short stories in it. Yep. Love that movie. Lo- yeah, I, remember, I remember watching that with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a good one too, man. Like they're they're good creepy stories, man. They're good creepy stories, and they like keep you entertained. I I literally the only like I need to rewatch it because it's been years. But the only one I remember is the one in the hotel room. That one was fucked up. I think that was with a vampire in it, if I remember correctly. I'll try. I remember like in a the guy like the one in the woods with like the shapeshifter, and then. I think I can't. I get one and two so mixed up, and then there's I one know. where like going to like a cult and like he's like slits his throat or something. Well, they've continued it, dude. They've got like VHS. Like I think there's three or four now. Wow, it really took off. But that's not where they got their start. But that's where they kind of uh, they became pretty much uh, notable from those mm-hmm. movies, which is well respected. Uh, and the guys who wrote it, Guy Busick and uh, R. Christopher Murphy. Uh, they both were relatively unknowns as well. They did some episodes of Castle Rock and some episodes of Stand Against Evil. I'm gonna guess that's how they met. Um, it, I it was, see that actually. Now, now that I think about it, the as the similarities like, to Castle Rock. Yeah, yeah. Well, like just both both movies and kind of how it plays into this kind of like that that kind of black comedy twist on horror. I still have not watched. I've watched uh, an episode of Stand Against Evil. I have not watched Castle Rock yet. I I, I need to because I know it's in the Stephen King universe and it, it's supposed yeah. to be cool. Yeah, I watched the first season. It was great. I haven't watched the uh, the second season yet. Well, there's too much TV out there now, man. You'll get around to it, though, I know. For real. Um, some of the cast here that I was looking up, no one really notable uh, except for Adam Brody, um, who you might know from a few shows. Uh, and then Smar Weaving, who we just covered, Hugo Weaving's daughter, and then your boy, uh, well, maybe not your boy, but you love the TV show, which is blows my mind that you still love it, uh, Mark O'Brien from The Last Tycoon. Yeah, yeah. It, I I wish they didn't cancel that. But I also like Adam Brody. I mean, hell, I remember watching, when my sister was watching The O.C. when he was real young with Rachel Billis and Misha, whatever her name was. I never watched the I, I never watched the OC. I think I was the oldest child, so I never had to endure that. But everyone does talk about Adam Brody all the time. I forgot that he got his start out on the OC, which is that was a that was like a reality TV show, right? No, dude, that was like a a scripted like a, show. Yeah, it was scripted. It's like romantic, like kind of oh, guess wrong rom com maybe. Gotcha. He was just in Shazam not too long ago, too, which was what I remember him from. He's like always wanted to be a superhero, and that was like his big breakout to be in the superhero role. So I'm sure they're going to have him into like Shazam, too, and all that shit. But yeah, it was. it's not a really well-known cast. A few people I've seen here, I was like, oh, I know that guy from like this weird movie, but not anyone big. But the story in general was just so much fun, um, and I, I really loved the plot because it was so simple and easy to follow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, do you, you know, we could just dive right into the to the plot just to kind of get the new viewers uh, a little context. Definitely. Uh, so this story follows Grace, uh, a bride who uh, seemingly has it made after marrying into an extremely wealthy family known as the Le Domas family. Uh, they acquired their wealth from a board game empire that they built. Yeah, empire. so they, they started making playing cards during like the Civil War era. Mm-hmm. And she and her new husband, who's played by Mark O'Brien, um, they look like they got a set for life. However, Grace soon discovers shortly after the wedding um, that she must participate in a deadly game of hide and seek in order to become part of their family. Well, they hand, her, they hand her a box. Yes. And it like basically would eject a card for a different game. And the worst game you could get, of course, is hide and seek. Uh, I don't know what other games there were in store for there, but she kind of chooses her own. So state. many. You could, dude, you could play chess, shoots and ladders. You could play Kerplunk. You could play any of those games. Like, yeah. Who knows what the fuck you're going to draw. But and we learned that it's a longstanding ritual um, that was established by the great-great-grandfather of the family, Victor Le Damas. Um, and the whole game, like Jay said, involves placing a blank card into a special box um, that <clears throat> when the a card draws in and then pulls back out, um, it announces what game has to be played by the family's newest member. But like we were saying, the boxes aren't always evil. Um, most of the time, it's something that will produce something much less sinister, sinister like shoots and ladders or mousetrap. Um, but with Grace, unfortunately, it chooses the one game where they need to kill her. Bring that they need to kill her by doing a sacrifice. To offer it up to Mr. LaBelle, aka a demon, aka most likely the devil, that they need to offer this up to. Uh, so, with that, uh, they basically give her what? They give her to the count of 100 to hide. They don't tell her what's going on. Her shitty yeah. husband doesn't tell her what's going on. Um, and then he has to sit behind in the room and not intervene at all while the family tries to kill her and she has to try to survive till till dawn um so i learned a little bit about the family is they the rise of them began in the 19th century and their great-grandfather victor he received this black magic box used in the game um, from a very mysterious figure known as mr labelle uh, Victor not only beat LaBelle in a game of chance to win the box, but he also was given the insight on how to gain vast fortune from board games. So the Le Domas family are a very superstitious family, and they believe that if they do not participate in the games, that their, their fortunes and themselves will disappear. Um, and this really has forced them to carry out several murders in the past, which... You see at the beginning of the film when it's a flashback to when Daniel, played by Adam Brody, and Alex, played by Mark O'Brien, were young. <clears throat> Daniel threw his brother in the closet, kind of hit it, uh, hit him away from the murder that happens in front of Daniel. So Daniel is kind of like the sympathetic one in the family. He doesn't believe that, you know, this should be a thing that's happening, but he kind of gets it at the same time. Sometimes he's, I don't know, he feels like he's always on the fence. I thought that was the one weird thing about the movie was Daniel because you were like, you never, like, you never knew when, like, if he was going to, like, switch sides and be on the family side or switch sides and be on Grace's side. And at that one point at the end, you remember whenever he hits her with the butt of the, sh the gun and he uh, knocks her out and then they get her on the ritual table and she escapes. I don't know, it just felt a little, like, 
overdone. Like it didn't really need to be that way. But um, I digress. I digress. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of like that. Uh, it kind of fits, I guess, the overall mold and, and feel of the movie because it, it's obviously rather outlandish. You know, you kind of you gotta you gotta know what you're getting yourself into and, and just kind of be ready for, you know, a, a fun event. So, you know, nothing I would say is extremely serious about this movie. It's more about you know just just the fun and trying to throw in the kind of curveballs and twists where they can. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's it's a movie that you yeah, exactly what you were just saying, like you just have to accept that, like, these are the rules of this universe and like just go with it. And as soon as you let your mind go and just have fun with it, it's a it's such a fun ride. I really I really enjoyed it. So going back. So during the film, the family hunt Grace throughout their expensive mansion and eventually capture her and return to the family room to carry out the ritual. However, Daniel, Alex's brother, frees her before, uh, before, and then he is killed by his own wife. And this leads Becky, the mother of Alex and Daniel, to attempt to kill Grace, which doesn't work out too well for Becky in the end. Honestly, she got her face face smashed in by that fucking box. Yeah, she died. She died hard. Uh, <laughs> she she was a she was a cold dead bitch. And then Alex, who had been tied up this whole time, um, he escapes and he walks in to see his dead mother and then he's left with a choice he's got to he's got to make a choice whether to let his bride the love of his life live or be with his family and he chooses the latter and he, he finally gives in and bees with his family so they capture her they get her on that ritual table and then he's the one who did that to dive that knife into her heart but right before he does she's able to like wiggle free and he accidentally stabs her in the arm and she makes it to sunrise and this is like the whole part at the end where the family's like fuck we fucked up like shit like we're gonna die now and nothing happens for about like two minutes and then all of a sudden the the aunt starts charging at, at grace and she blows up with an axe yeah. just yeah. with an axe with an axe without an evil axe like a like a good pringles commercial you know once you pop the fun don't stop <laughs> Very true, very true, and in, in extreme, dramatic, hilarious fashion, all of the family pops one by one, um, all of them, even the ones that married into the family, uh, and uh, finally, her husband, Alex, is the last one to die by her saying, I want a divorce, and then pop, he's gone. Fucking funny, and then she walks out, and the house is burning down, and she smokes a cigarette, and Ends with her, like, a cop asking her, what the hell happened here? And she's like, in-laws. Great, great. uh, Really, really, really fun movie, man. I I did enjoy it. Good, good, good chuckles, good laughs. I know. And when the movie ended, I was like, because, you know, the movie ends right there. I was like, okay, so that's fucking great. I love the way that ended. Also, what the fuck is she going to say next? Like, like she's going to be questioned by the police. She is going to be asked all these questions. And what the hell would you even say after that situation has ended? I imagine that she's able to showcase that the family tried to kill her. And I think that since she was actually technically part of the family. She is the living heir and gets all the fortune, which I'm hoping that's exactly what happens. I'm hoping she gets all that fucking money, man. Yeah, stick around for the sequel. I don't. I don't think there will be one. Unfortunately, no, I don't think there will be either. I don't want there to be. Actually, I'm good. It'd be a very lonely sequel of just her in the house by herself. Yeah, it would be a really lonely sequel. Well, unless unless this just doesn't follow her, and it just follows the devil who is making all of these deals. 
with other people and then it just follows different families and all their rituals they have to do. So it doesn't have to be a board game next time. It could be like a, a family of other wealth that ties to like their wealth and they have to do something else with it. Um, honestly, I don't know what that could be, but they need to do that. They need to write that. That would be a really cool little like franchise. <laughs> well, do it ourselves. <laughs> we could low, do it, dude. Low budget shot on the iPhone. So I was I was watching this, and while I did this, like when the movie ended, I looked over at my girlfriend, Kate, and I was just like, hey, so question. If you had an evil family curse that could potentially kill the love of your life, a.k.a. me, on your wedding night, would you tell me before all this shit happens? And she looked, she thought for a hard second, and she said, yes. Unfortunately, yes. I would have said no, I think. I would have been like, no, nah, let's see how this plays out, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Let's, let's have some fun. <laughs> but what would you do in that situation would you just be like would you not tell chloe just be like nah um no nah, probably not just all, i'd like to see how she holds up you know plus i'm not trying to die by daylight well i mean i, I know you're not trying to but let's be honest i don't think grace would have survived had this been not a real movie world that girl that bitch would have been dead in two two seconds especially yeah, with I, you in the house <laughs> well so that was the fun part about the movement is like it was all like old school weaponry like old like double barrel shotguns crossbows axes you know no one was rocking like a you know a modern weapon really so it had that kind of fun old school feel to it i love that about it too i love that the whole like oh we have to play by great-grandfather's rules so they like turn off all the security cameras they have to use old fucking rifles and old medieval wear and like knives and and uh one girl's running around emily is running around with a uh, a weapon that is like a, a little pistol and she ends up shooting one of the maids with yeah uh, she kills she kills like <laughs> <laughs> just ripping cocaine and doing pills and then everyone's fucking I drunk know. Dude, I loved her character so much. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, it was her, 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 and uh, her and fucking uh, what's his face? Her husband, her husband, uh, the dude that was sitting on the toilet googling. Uh, what did he Google? Deals with the devil, real or bullshit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so funny, but yeah. So uh, I, you and I were looking. We found out some pretty interesting facts from this film. Um, so. Ironically, this was uh, not ironically, but weirdly, this was released by the Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures um, last year. Why? Because Disney recently bought Fox, and this was a Fox Searchlight picture. So uh, Disney actually released an R-rated movie. That's pretty great. <laughs> Good for Disney. Good for Disney. They're growing up a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also learned that 17 different versions of Grace's wedding dress were created by a costume designer. Uh, to show the progress of Grace's night and how her clothes were corresponded to her attitude. I did kind of like that. It felt like she kind of like shed a little bit of it uh, throughout the movie and um, she was able to move fully. I, I like the fact that she was like in a wedding dress the entire night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like she was like, Chloe was, was watching a little bit and she started like ripping her dress. I was like, oh, look, she's about to rip it off so we can see some legs. And then, like, then she stands up and, of course, like she rips off the bottom half so you can see legs. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's got those uh, those yellow Chuck Taylor sneakers on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which are actually custom painted for the film, dude. Um, Converse yeah. no longer made those colors, so they had to. Uh, uh, I don't know why they wanted yellow, but I guess they wanted fucking yellow in there. 
Um, but also, I learned, as we said earlier, that the house in Ontario that they used for the Le Domas estate is the same one they used in Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. And then also the scene where, uh, what's it, the, the husband, the, the fat husband sitting in the bathroom Googling how to use the crossbow. Uh, the, the two writers of the film, Guy Busick and Ryan Murphy, those are them in the YouTube video. Oh, wow, really? Nice. And I also learned that the pepper box revolver that Emily wielded, the one that killed the maid, mm-hmm. um, that has been the version of the gun weapon in the North American edition of the board game Clue since 1972. Yeah, I'm trying to play with that, like, late European edition. <laughs> you mean early European edition? The Black Plague edition? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Death but by yeah. fish and chips. It was honestly, it was a really, like, it was less than a 90-minute movie. Like, it was it was a short film to Yeah, watch. I think it was total, like, uh, hour 34, including credits and intro. Yeah, so, including yeah. credits, exactly. So, but, like, without the credits, it's it's under 90 minutes. It's under, like, a, a feature-length film. It's, it's like, 81 minutes or something like that. It's weird. But it was, it was I, I kind of, I just, I loved it through and through. Um, I thought it was a great film. A uh, fun-filled black comedy, and it shows how much uh, horror films can be a, like a blast from beginning to end. Um, and I really think it was one of those under-the-radar films of 2019. It was like that and Crawl were like two underrated movies of 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some great themes in the horror genre um, that he lays out that, uh, that are real. Uh, like women being expected to conform to some of the outdated traditions, as well as the class tensions between the 1% being out of touch with the rest of society. No, I completely agree. I mean, I, it's weird because like my takeaways are, are you know pretty similar to that. It's it's a very fun horror movie once you realize what you're you're signed up for. I mean, it's great once you can let yourself go and just enjoy it. Awesome movies, short movie, you can bang it out. You know, when you have too much time, you just want to have a little fun. Uh, you know, like one of the, the themes of the movies, like, I guess you never really know who you marry, you know, until you marry them. And you, you know, um, but loved the concept of just the overall vibe of the movie. You know, it, it's you don't really see too many movies uh, with that old feel. So if, if you do enjoy the, you know, those kind of uh, old school movies, it, it's, it's a good time. And it really is. Everything I feel like was executed very well, uh, very cohesively. And, you know, the end result is a, is a pretty solid, you know, project. Yep. I agree. It's, it's, it's a, it's a solid film through and through it's fun themes. Um, I feel like it's one of those movies you can go back and rewatch over and over. Then every time you see something a little bit different, um, I've always been a fan of those movies that are uh, set in one place um, and has like that big old mansion feeling. Um, same as what you were saying earlier. I know you haven't seen Knives Out, but it's that it's an old mansion uh, and there's a murder that's involved around it. And it's it's just it's a it's a fucking cool watch uh, because there's always something hidden within the house and something yeah. that's got a deeper secret than what what the house really shows yeah it's got like the same vibes of like on the orient express you know they like kind of old kind of horror fun about it and uh it's definitely rewatchable i, I literally finished it and it was like at the close like hey like well, we, we can definitely watch this again you know when quinn's not running around she was him as i was uh, as i was watching uh the movie but uh you know really enjoyed it i mean i, I think my favorite scene was probably towards the animal once uh you know pretty much everyone blew up but 
you know, her fiance and she says, she takes the ring off and says, I want, you know, I want a divorce and throws the ring at him. Then he explodes. And by this time she's just, aside from being shot in the hand and cut all over, she's just covered in blood after everyone exploded. And she just like, she just looks like a badass. She goes from like the super innocent kind of squirrely looking girl in the beginning of the movie to this just, you know, complete survival badass by the end. Yep, it's and she's and she's the best character in the film by far. Maybe behind Emily, who was fucking cracking me up the entire time. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but I loved it, and it was you know short movie. I guess calls for a short episode. I can't believe how uh, how quickly we just recorded this one, but it was uh, it was good. And you know Jay and I were uh, we're trying to get this on. We we get an episode up. Every week, so I think pretty soon here, he and I are going to talk about Dracula next and then hop into uh, some other darker horror genres to kind of get ourselves back into that deep lore. I know this year, Jay, um, I'm getting more and more excited about it. Mm-hmm. Antlers, mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. Antlers, baby. Give it to me. Yeah. The Wendigo. Definitely, I, I, you know, it's, these little kind of horror movies, more fun horror movies, they're, they're good you know, kind of take a little break, you know, kind of switch up, uh, you know, the, the standard. But, yeah, we, we are going to get back into the uh, truly frightening, truly scary movies that are coming out. And, yeah, I mean, we've, we've spoken about it in past episodes, but I am absolutely thrilled. It is coming out, I want to say, beginning of April. Yeah, I think it's April 6th, if I, if I remember correctly, that yeah. is when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still do not know enough about the lore of that character um, and and uh, the Wendigo and, and really the, much of that story. But I can't wait to take a deep dive into it and really understand it more because it, it's it's a fast. It sounds so fascinating. Yeah. I mean, read the short story. Good little 15, 20 minutes. However it is. Um, depending on how fast you read, I read slow because I read at a second grader level. So it'll take me a lot longer. <laughs> but uh, very, very cool stuff coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, ready or not, check it out when you can. Funny enough, I actually watched like the first like 10 minutes, I think flying back on an airplane from Christmas break, but I didn't have my headphones. And, um, so I watched the first 10 minutes in complete silence and I was like, this is a little confusing and hard to watch, <laughs> but I'm glad I uh, circled back around to, uh, to watch it. So check it out if, if you haven't already date movie too. That would be an interesting uh, uh, way to go about someone watching a movie, like you, a YouTube video of someone watching a movie they've never seen before without context, without sound. That'd be yeah, just fucking trying hilarious. To, trying to like, describe I what's going think on with everybody. She boned him, and now they're getting married, but I'm not sure 100%. Also, <laughs> they want to kill them for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> yep. Basically, your, your guess will be good. I was very uh, confused at first. Um, well, guys, thanks for joining in this time. Um, we'll see you again real soon. So uh, thanks for listening to The Buzzed. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.